0: Story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Mama G. Hello, everybody. It is Mama G here, and you are listening to Story Time with Mama G. Well, that's the name of the podcast, isn't it? I hope you are all doing very well, and I'm sure that you might be getting ever so vaguely bored of your wardrobes. I know that I am basically wearing either my pyjamas and jogging bottoms or jogging bottoms and a hoodie. I'm going between the two outfits. I don't even know what the rest of my clothes look like at this point, but if you are a young person, you're listening to this podcast and you want some new clothes, you could always go and check out cubandpudding.com. And to find out why, why don't you listen to my interview? Ooh! Everybody, Mama G here, and I've got a very exciting person we're going to be talking to now, and so let's find out, what's your name? Hello, my name is Sarah. Hello, Sarah, nice to (laughs) meet you. And what are you doing? What's your job? What's my job? I
1: own a children's wear business for boys and girls, so it's a unisex children's wear business, and it's
0: called Carb and Pudding. And I tell you what, Sarah, let's get this out the way now, although we will remind everyone later... (laughs) Where can we find cub and pudding? Oh,
1: well, you can find me on my website, which is ww. That sounds very old school, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, cub as in bear cub and pudding, as in what you have after dinner, if you're lucky, com. And on Instagram as well, which is at cub and pudding.
0: Fabulous. So everyone go and find cub and pudding on their website and on Instagram. Um, and very quickly, why is it called Cub and Pudding?
1: Well, it's called Cub and Pudding because when I was pregnant with my two children, that was the name of my baby bump. So everyone tends to have a name. And yeah, the eldest one, who um is now called Casper, is called Cub, was called Cub and the, the smallest one was called Pudding and now she's called Edie. We could not we were tempted to keep the names, but we, you know, thought maybe it might be a bit tricky at school. So Cub and Pudding.
0: Maybe be a bit tricky but of course some celebrities have incredible names for their children true, um, true and how did you come to the names Cub and Pudding for the Baby Bumps
1: that's a good question I don't know I think it just felt like a cute name cub is very kind of cute isn't it and I think yeah. I knew I was having a boy and I kind of felt like a bear cub was a little boy boy baby and pudding I think really again because it sounds like a really nice word and puddings are especially when your tummy was the size of mine are normally very big and round and enjoyable so yeah it was definitely a pudding a bit like a Christmas pudding essentially but without you know <laughs> without the holly
0: <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant I've now got uh I I've known you for a while of course and i have we seen have. you pregnant but i'm i'm sad that <laughs> i never saw a christmas pudding belly oh, i'm oh, regretting that now so you run a unisex clothing line for children oh. called cub and pudding um yes. but i know that you've only been doing this for a few years and you've had a really interesting life so yes. first of all where did you grow up
1: oh where did i grow up that's a good one i grew up in a very um slightly boring place called (laughs) called fleet in hampshire and most people if they have heard of it will associate it with the motorway services on the m3 (laughs) i have (laughs) to say sarah
0: (laughs) i i travel a lot at the moment a lot of driving well not right at the moment because we're all stuck in our houses But I do drive around a lot and I do make a special point of stopping at the fleet services, especially um, northbound, because they're wonderful.
1: Oh, oh, it's been a long time, Mamadi. It's been a long time since I've been there, a good 20 years at least. Um, oh. So, yeah, that's where I didn't grow up in the service station, um, but I grew up in the town where the service station is. So, yeah, that was where I went to school for a long time. Oh, yeah.
0: Fabulous. So and Sorry, carry on, darling.
1: No, I was going to say it's, it's not terribly exciting. Maybe it is now. But um, yes, that's where I was my entire life when I was at school. So I stayed in the same school from the age of four all the way up to 16
0: in Fleet. Yes. That's amazing. And when you were at school, what were you like as a pupil
1: I was we, actually my mum passed me a load of old school reports not that long ago, which was hilarious. I want to be an actress, so that says okay. a lot. My favourite subject was drama. I was in the scheme of the school quite naughty, so I wasn't very, um, I wasn't terribly academic. There were lots of swotty, friends, and I wasn't one of them. I tended to be very loud and chatty, and get told off for talking too much. I I remember in one geography lesson. I was trying to learn to wolf whistle at the back of the classroom. And my, I had a bit of a grumpy job for teacher And he, he, he led me into a full sense of um, whatever the word is by saying, oh, okay, come on then, stand up, Sarah, and show us what you've learned. And I did my wolf whistle. And then he immediately said, now leave the class and stand outside. I, yeah, I was very much liking the centre of attention. I was a bit of the, the comedy entertainment at school. And I liked, I liked that role. That, that was
0: definitely me. And can you still wolf whistle? <gasps>
1: Would it hurt your ears if I tried to do it now?
0: Maybe, let's see.
1: Oh, um, no. Uh, let's have a go. <laughs> there we go! That is really <laughs> impressive. I can't whistle normally, and I can only do it like that <laughs> first way, which looks like... We're on video now and it looks like I'm swearing you, I'm sorry, but that's it, I can do it.
0: (laughs) Having children, that must be quite a useful skill, so that wasn't a geography lesson wasted, was it?
1: That's true, rounding them up in the park, that's all it needs. And they're back at my heels.
0: (laughs) And so what, at school, I imagine your favourite lessons were, I'm going to take a guess here and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to say drama and English.
1: Very, very, true. yeah, drama and English. I loved English, especially um, literature um, and music. So those are my three favourites. And on a Friday afternoon, I we had double music and I did music as GCSE and we were, we were just left alone to sit. And I had to sit in the big hall on the grand piano and just, this makes me sound very grand when I say compose something. But when I say compose something GCSE, it probably was about four notes. Um, but it felt very, you know, I felt very dramatic and excited by it so yeah drama English because I loved reading but where I was mm. also very guilty in English and um, music yes.
0: Oh wonderful so uh, I w- loved English as well and I loved drama and I enjoyed doing music although the school that I went to, if you weren't really in the cool gang in music, music was just a bit of a DOS lesson, I'm afraid. <laughs> and you knew you were in the cool gang because you got to be in the steel band.
1: Oh, <gasps> The steel yes. band? Oh, I'm jealous now.
0: Well, I was never in the steel band. Uh-oh. And now I will take um, the high horse and say it's cultural appropriation anyway. That's so um, but they, they were quite good. Um, so English, when <laughs> yes. you were little, when you were at school, what were your favourite um, stories to read or your favourite books?
1: Oh, I, I always loved an e- Enid Blyton book. And I also mm. had these amazing, I've talked about these before, um, sometimes on my Instagram, have these amazing Osborne puzzle books, which right. you have to solve the mystery. So you go on all these adventures to ancient Egypt or a pirate adventure. And I've still got them. I moved house a thousand times when I was a kid. And somehow I've still got these collections of of puzzle books, but I loved all the kind of, yeah, anything adventure-y. I was, I remember they always, we would set Jane Eyre to read and I still, I, I think I got 10 pages in and I still haven't managed it. So the classic, I wasn't too highbrow basically. And thing that was some kind of adventure um, would keep me very excited and captivated.
0: Uh, and a, were I the think. adventure stories told from sort of your perspective? So you were the main character.
1: Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. So I was a big fan of the Worst Witch. And I was always mm. a Mildred in The Worst Witch. And I used to play that with my friends. Yeah, so anything, a, a real escapism like that. And a, a bit of magic thrown in makes a big difference, I think. A little bit of magic. Um, and I wanted to be a witch for quite a long time, in fact. So yeah, every Halloween, I still am always a witch. But witch witchiness was a, an, an exciting part of my life, too, and Halloween for that. So yeah, The Worst Witch Books were a huge, huge part of my childhood, too. So I, mean, I do it was only coming back to me now, you know, when you kind of, it's I haven't my kids aren't quite big enough yet to revisit it, but I'm just very excited to go back to that world at some point. Oh,
0: well, they're, they're almost there. It, it mm. does say quite a lot about when we grew up that because I love The Worst Witch as well, and I used to watch the TV series, yeah. And I have seen the film, although it's questionable. <laughs> um, and so we had The Worst Witch, which was huge, mm. and now people have Harry Potter.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. Isn't that weird? I did read, I mean, I did, obviously I was older, but it was actually my sister, who's nearly nine years younger than me. She had the Harry Potters in my house when, um, and it was actually hers I picked up um, because she didn't read them and first discovered Harry Potter, but obviously I was a bit older then, but obviously loved those immediately too for the same reason, that just mm-hmm. magical. And, but The Worst Witch it's like slightly, I didn't have I to a little bit naive. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a Voldemort character in Worst Witch, was there? It wasn't, no. It was just naughty, naughty school kids who haven't been witches essentially.
0: Absolutely. The Worst Witches is very safe. It's a lovely place to go to. It is. Uh, (laughs) And I think they're making a new film.
1: Yes, I think. And then there's a TV series I have seen. But, mm, you know, when you're sort of loyal to originals, I don't know how I feel about that. No,
0: I understand. Um, And also talking about witches, when I was very little... I was obsessed with Megan Mogg. Do you remember well, them? I do
1: because I read them to my kids. Yes. Do you? Yeah. How
0: exciting. I mean, it's a Meg Megan Mogg
1: book. In fact, I know it by heart, but I won't. I won't. Um, won't bore <laughs> you. But some of them Copyright. are bonkers. Some of them are really bonkers. I don't know. If some of them were they um. There's one where they. I can't remember. They don't really make much sense though. But the Megan Mogg goes to the moon is also a favourite one. But the 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 original Megan Mogg one I read to Cub all the way since he was baby, and now pudding as well. I'll be very sad when they retire those ones because they're a little mm. bit too, but they'll stay with me forever
0: to pass on oh. to whoever has them. But Megan Mogg. I I loved Megan Mogg. I was yeah. absolutely obsessed with them. Um, I even went to see the stage show.
1: <gasps> did you? Yes.
0: Oh. I remember that very well because I can remember Megan Mogg waking up in bed and I was amazed how they did the bed because basically <laughs> the actors were just stood up <laughs> <and> they, <laughs> against a bit of wood and I thought that was incredible. <laughs> Easily please children. Absolutely. So you said that you wanted to be an actor when you were younger, and also you wanted to be a witch and a witch. Yes. So was there anything else you thought of as a serious consideration?
1: Um, No, no. Definitely an actress. Definitely can we can we can we say actress anymore? But in those days it was an actress, but actor was probably more, you know, acceptable these days, yes. isn't it? I, I wanted to be an actor, yeah, and until I got to sixth form college essentially, and then it all went wrong. But but no, just wanted to be an actor. That that was when my tool came and I, I had the not wanting to boast here things obviously have gone downhill in the acting department since but I had the lead in the end the GCSE production and got the highest
0: mark in fact um, oh as, congratulations yeah
1: I was um mole in um Toad Toad Hall
0: oh perfect casting and casting's half the battle isn't it it
1: is half the battle <laughs> um, and
0: then so at sixth form what did you want to be when you got to sixth form
1: well I still wanted to be an actor so I I'd chosen music a level drama A-level and um, history, which I think I was a little punching above my weight there. A
0: little. <laughs> um,
1: but um, I chose those three and I, you know, went in hoping I'd have the same, you know, excitement as I did at school. But sadly, yeah, it didn't quite work
0: out that way. So when you became an adult and, <laughs> yeah. and you started having to get jobs for yourself, mm. um, what sort of jobs have you had as an adult?
1: Well, I went to university very briefly I went there mainly because the shopping was good so that's why I chose
0: <laughs> I did you go to university
1: <laughs> I went to Cheltenham very briefly there's an irony here so I got into Goldsmiths in London a lot of people now have heard of Goldsmiths because quite there's quite a famous alumni went there you know like Damon Albarn and blah 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 and and ironically now my I'm married to someone who went to Goldsmiths and there's a bit of a a bit of an in joke because everyone I meet who went to Goldsmiths is a bit of an eye roll. Sorry, anyone listening, because they're all a little bit oh, pretentious. So <laughs> I, I went to look around I went to look round Goldsmiths with my mum and. Again, you know, I can I can laugh at this now, but it was it's a New Cross Gate in London. And I remember looking around with my mom and obviously being a little fleet girl, then I was kind of we were like, oh, no, no, no. What is this riffraff area? I'm not going to university here. And yeah, a full disclosure, I end up living in New Cross Gate several years later. So I chose Cheltenham on the merit that it was just a really nice place to go shopping. Not nothing like the university. So I went there to do history and English as a joint degree.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. That's amazing.
1: I know, and then when I got there, I, you know what, you know what put me off. It's all coming back to me now. I was in my one of my English lectures, and somebody disparaged Harry Potter in in, and I just thought I don't want to be here. So because they made us read some sort of *Taming of the Shrew*, and said, "Oh, we, you know, we don't believe in Harry Potter as being true literature," and I just thought, "What am I doing here? This is not the place for me." Um, so I left, not knowing what I was going to do, and ended up basically temping. I'm working on a reception desk for a cinema company in my local area. And just through just through, you know, basically life and evolution, someone there needed a PA eventually. And I I've always been quite organized, so it wasn't too much of a struggle. And essentially that's what I ended up doing. I just fell into working as a personal assistant as a in a you know couple of businesses. And it just was quite easy really organizing people's diaries, not terribly thrilling. Sorry, I don't know how long-winded this answer is going to be. No, um, that is it's great. I, because I kind of had all these creative ambitions at school of wanting to be an actor, um, PA-ing is not creative whatsoever, at all. It just, it just requires you know you need to be organized i i, I stand by that anyone could be a pa if you can be organized it's really easy you know it's but not
0: I, I will just interject here and say that organization for some people is a very difficult skill to handle
1: true, true. i that's something i to be fair i take that for granted um that because it kind of comes naturally, and i'm quite kind of boring when it comes to being organized that it never was much of a challenge for me but i get that actually obviously having worked for people who aren't organized and wanting me to organize them i should Absolutely. know that i should know that Then it got to a point when I realised I just was really missing doing something creative and I always enjoyed writing from the English side, like writing stories and things. So I decided I wanted to start writing um, magazine articles and things. That's kind of impossible to get into when you haven't done any kind of journalism degree. And a few people were like, no, you'll never be able to do it. But I took myself off to a little weekend course for about a couple of months at the London College. used to be called the London College of Printing. It's part of the College of Fashion now. And I did a features writing course, which was brilliant. We were taught by a guy who's like an ex journo and we, you know, we wrote magazines and things. It was brilliant. And I essentially spent the next couple of years doing lots of freebie writing for like local newspapers. I used to go out and review gigs, and all in my like local area. I was living in Kingston in Surrey then. Um, I quit PAing because I landed a job on a local newspaper uh, as a features writer, and that, and I worked um, for. Coydon newspapers and things and then got a job um, which was my dream to work on a national magazine and I ended up working for a magazine which is now sadly folded called She Magazine which is like a women's lifestyle a magazine and I was um, a features assistant i always remember I had the interview like over the um, over the phone and, and the, my features editor he was quite scary but lovely said you know there's two of you I've got to choose between essentially the other person's got all the experience on paper that you haven't got but I see that you're kind of more capable because you've done all the actual PA work. You know, I think that's the thing when I was doing the um, work experience in some of these, I worked at like GQ and the Vogue offices because a lot of people were like, oh, fashion and they, but they weren't capable of kind of, picking up the phone and answering it because I'd done all that in my office job the people that I was kind of work experience for were like wow this girl you know she actually knows how to answer a phone rather than just Uh coming along to you know ogle some clothes in a wardrobe kind of thing so that got me the job eventually as a features assistant because I knew how to kind of organize myself they she gave me the opportunity to basically learn on the job and write for a a big magazine that was a dream that when I got to that point I kind of thought I made it. It's what I've always wanted to do. And I did really, really love it. And they weren't cliquey or anything. They were a really, really lovely bunch. And oddly, there are about five Sarahs in that magazine. Yeah, there were just a bunch of Sarahs who were all
0: um, such a common 80s name. You've done lots of different things and you had to work really hard to do the things that you wanted to do and that you had the passion for, which I think is something as I interview more people, I realise that basically you get to follow your dreams by working really hard, which is such a tough answer. You do. Um, And so how did you get to running Cub and Pudding and designing your own clothes?
1: So magazine jobs lasted a, a few years and then I, was, I basically ended up on a magazine because the She magazine, there were redundancies, which I really didn't enjoy. So I end up on a fitness magazine, which is quite ironic because I don't like exercise. So I no, we were just didn't...
0: talking about how hard we find <laughs> Joe Wicks' body workout.
1: Exactly. It's the most <laughs> exercise I've ever done in my entire life, daily. <laughs> my word. Um, so, yeah, it did, I didn't really enjoy it. And, and also I think the big thing with um, glamorous jobs is... Um, I got to the point of getting older they don't pay very well sadly so you work a lot of hours mm. and everyone thinks it's great because you get lots of freebies working in magazines but you get paid pretty badly and when you sort of getting older you want to go out to nice restaurants and things and you can't do anything so I just quit and went back to my old life as a PA just to earn some money and ended up working for a bank which is quite boring but again you know transparency I just was earning quite good nice money so for the first time in my life I sort of just sat back and didn't think so much about work that I was able to do nice things and travel around and things and then I had my first child. Cub. Cub. Cub arrived and went back to work and then I um, had my second child three years later and went back to work and it's only then that I realized you know you, I think a certain point in your 30s where you kind of go this, this is it now so I need to make a decision am I going to be here for the next 20 years or am I going to really sort my career out and I think because I finished having kids I knew that there was going to be no more years of maternity leave sitting around eating cake while someone paid me which is lovely um so and I realized how much I love dressing kids my kids in really good clothes that's all it came down to really that I I just really got a thrill out of dressing them in clothes that were really quirky and fun and and people used to kind of comment like oh I love his leggings or I love his mm. jumper and and I kind of took that as a bit of a, like woohoo for me because <laughs> I chose in my you know his clothes or their clothes and I kind of familiar for me it feels like I don't know you know We tend to mostly make an effort, although maybe not now we're in lockdown, um, make an effort with what we wear most days. You know, you kind of think what you're going to wear in the morning. And for me, it always felt like a natural extension for the kids that Mm -hmm. I would also care about what I put them in too. You know, it would think I want them to dress as nicely as I'm, you know, dressing. Yeah, Um,
0: absolutely. So
1: I I had a bit of an epiphany and thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go myself, essentially, and just that was it.
0: That's amazing. Had you had any inkling that you might have a desire to create a fashion line.
1: No, I had I knew I wanted to do something with the the name Cub and Pudding and I'd actually bought the URL for that about a year okay. before. Yeah,
0: very just, clever. I was like,
1: yeah, I just thought I'm gonna do something with that. And at one point I thought maybe I could write a book, which I'd still like to do, so mm. I'd like to try that in. Um but no, I, it just came down to getting a bit of paper. And Essentially, writing down all the things that make me happy and trying to sort of just, just you know, deduce what it could be. So, apart from like eating chocolate all day, maybe drinking Prosecco, reading books, like what, what, which one of these is going to give me a career? And, and <laughs> a, a big bit was, yeah, just getting a kick out of dressing my kids in good clothes and seeing other kids. You know, you have like a you know, in the same way that you might see something that really you know catches your eye, whether it's a, a very cool panto poster, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. Yes. So for me it was like when I see kids walking down the street who are in really cool, cool kids wear, I'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, spot them and that's what made me think I want to do that and I want them to be wearing my clothes I designed. So yeah, that was it really.
0: And when did this epiphany happen?
1: So it's hard to think back. So it was so I launched exact nearly a year ago. It's my business birthday in two weeks, which is also my actual birthday. So it started it was eighteen months before that. So at the end of so 2018, it first came into my head and it took a year really for it to all happen and then go ping and launch last April. Um, Because I guess the good thing was, because I was working the other job full time, there was no immediate, you know, I think that's the advice is don't kind of go wild and go, right, I'm going to resign and then sit there and go, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, because things tend to take a lot longer when you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, yeah, it was probably, yeah, 2018 is when it all just started happening behind the scenes. That's
0: amazing. To my mind, that's all happened very quickly.
1: I know. It's flown, actually. Now I come to, you know, when you're living in it, you go, it's hard to then take a step back and and reflect and go, oh, my goodness, this has happened in all those, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And how do you go about designing your clothes?
1: Well I knew I wanted to draw them myself but that was the tricky bit because I'm not terribly arty um I love words and I love writing but I love illustration and we were talking about this before weren't we? um, and especially kids illustration I love really mm-hmm. kind of naive print you know I don't like I don't like um anything to be too sort of fine arty so it, I just basically got scribbling and just spent some time doodling around on pen and on the computer and then just a few ideas popped out and I just essentially that's where it came from I knew they wanted to be scribbly and not really have too much mm-hmm. thoughts to and be fun and colorful so um yeah I just I had a lot of back and forth and my husband who is a graphic designer helped me kind of creatively although if I don't like his opinion then I just don't listen to it so <laughs> um, I like it to a point but if he, he, if he doesn't agree with me then I think oh well I'll move on but um yeah, so that and and then I basically knew that I wanted to do leggings because they're really easy for kids yeah. and obviously boys and girls and dungarees, you you guys probably can't see, but you can see, Mama G, that I'm wearing my own here too. I love I love dungarees. And yes. obviously again, boys and girls can wear dungarees. So that and was, was imp- it
0: quite important to you that it was a unisex brand. Hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Obviously again, having a boy and a girl myself, I love the fact that I can chop and change their clothes most of the mm. time. Um yeah, for me, it was really, really important because I I didn't want to be stereotyped by selling only girls' clothes and only mm-hmm. boys. And again, and I love seeing my cub in pink. I never really rarely dress pudding in skirts or dresses. It's just a choice thing, and she doesn't seem to suit it either. So, yeah, for me, it was really important that I didn't want people... I didn't want it to feel like it was, you know, pigeonholed by this is for girls only. Mm-hmm. Plus, the big thing for me is when... Um, Cub got past the age of kind of like three or four. I find that most of boys' clothes goes a bit kind of digger, dinosaur, brown, navy. They kind of give up a bit. I don't. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely
1: you know girls it's all unicorns and frilly and tutu and there tends to be more choice for girls but boys it just got really boring and I just thought no he needs colours too right you know absolutely
0: and Cub is not boring he's full of personality exactly clothes (laughs) deserve to express that (laughs)
1: they do indeed so I designed for them I just designed for my own kids and hope and that other people you know like it as much as I do essentially I just want to keep designing so he's got clothes to wear that I enjoy
0: and so Cub and Pudding, I imagine, both love wearing your clothes?
1: They do. They are my little walking billboards. Um, they're always in there. They do. They do. And it's it's that's essential whether it, for them to be comfy and easy. And and now that Pudding is finally toilet trained, um, you know, you want something that they can kind of easily pull on and off and yeah. jump up and down and climb trees in without kind of thinking, oh, you know, and you don't want it made out of silk or you want it washable. So yeah easy easy to wear and yeah that's where they like it so they just kids just don't want fuss and they don't want something that's going to scratch their mm-hmm. skin, know you know so yeah they do or oh, frankly sorry. if they did I'd probably make them wear them anyway <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is amazing so in in just under a year uh, two years at this point you've created uh, a fashion brand that's unisex from a parent's perspective with a Children's input, so you know it suits everyone. It suits the whole family, does. The whole
1: family, it does. How
0: wonderful. (laughs) I'm so impressed. And I hope that everybody that's listening goes and checks Cub and Pudding out. And that was cubandpudding.com? Dot com.
1: It is dot com, yes.
0: And they can buy the clothes online, I imagine.
1: They can, and we're still very much open for business. I'm very lucky that I have all my stock with me at home and I can get to a post office very easily. So yes, it's very much open, despite obviously the present circumstances. Absolutely.
0: And of course, it's very important throughout the year, regardless of whether there's a pandemic on, it's very important to support small businesses. And I think the fact that you're saying these Clothes are getting sent out from your home, like this the personal touch that you don't get from bigger businesses. No,
1: that's true. Hand um, by me from a handwritten
0: note, and you have lovely a handwriting
1: as well. It gets a little bit more, you know, the more orders <laughs> I get, which I'm not complaining. But you'll you'll get your own little personal note um, for sure every time. Yes, that's so. amazing,
0: and you don't need to worry about where the money's going because you know it's going straight to. An independent business which is exactly. fantastic
1: exactly and there's definitely been a surge in um support for those i think since everything's happening which is really really lovely there's a lot of people coming together to support them because obviously it's tricky at the moment so um i think knowing that it goes straight in straight to them rather than goodness knows where with the big 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 corporates is um, encouraging for people so yeah is...
0: absolutely Ooh. well so for those of you listening grown-ups go and buy your children cup and <laughs> clothes children insist your grown-ups go and buy you covered pudding designs because they they are absolutely lovely, and and some famous offspring okay. have have yeah. won. Your clothes. Yeah. Who's whose offspring have worn your clothes? So Fern
1: Cotton's daughter Honey wore my dungarees of and it also were in the Hello magazine because of that, which is quite nice. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then the novelist and TV presenter, um, Dorno Porter's boys have both worn which is good. Yes. Yeah, so her boys love printed leggings and um dungarees, and they've both worn and she's snapped them wearing leggings, which is quite good because she doesn't really ever take pictures of her kids. So that was quite a nice nice moment when her the boy's legs appeared on her grid wearing my <laughs> leggings and, it, and actually i didn't see it a couple of friends spotted them and sent me a picture saying are these yours and i was like yes um yeah so that was very nice and encouraging because it it helps get a boost from high profile people when yeah. you're very small and you need to get your name out there
0: oh that's so exciting well sarah, yeah. sarah thank you so much for joining me <laughs> And I hope that everyone goes and visits your website and your Instagram as well. And if anybody's got any questions for Sarah that you'd like me to pass on, send them in and I'll let Sarah know and she can get in touch with you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Isn't that lovely and isn't Sarah gorgeous? So yes, please do go and support cubandpudding.com. The clothes are beautiful, the designs are beautiful and it's a small business and they need all of our support at the moment. And also, if you are listening to this hot off the press, then you can also celebrate Sarah's birthday because it is not only the birthday of Cub and Pudding, it is the birthday of Sarah as well. Now, Cub and Pudding is one years old, one years, one year old, and I will not divulge how old Sarah is. So yes, cubandpudding.com. And now it's time for my book of the week. Now for my book of the week, I have taken to Wikipedia. I cannot lie about this. And my book of the week is inspired by mine and Sarah's conversation and I am going to suggest you go and take a look at the series of books called Meg and Mog which are by Helen Nicol and Jan Piankowski, because Meg and Mog are just the most fun ever! When I was at school I absolutely loved them and it sounds to me like Sarah did as well. The illustrations, I'm going to say they're fairly basic. We're not looking at our Julian is a mermaid quality but there's something so endearing and fun and lovely about them and it's all in block colours very accessible for a younger reader and I have had a look on Amazon and you can still buy them and I had a look at the reviews and people are buying them for the nostalgia and their children are loving them as well so it might be worth a go. Now Meg is a witch and Mog is her cat and they go on a series of adventures and that is essentially that. There is uh, a lot of books in the Meg and Mog series. I'm gonna list them now. Are you ready? Meg and Mog, which is the original. Mog's missing. Meg's mummy. Meg up the creek. Meg, Mog and Og. Meg at sea. Meg on the moon. Meg's car. Meg's castle. Meg's eggs. Meg, mog at the zoo. Mog in the fog. Owl at school. Meg's veg. Mog's mumps. Meg comes to school. Meg goes to bed. Meg and the pirate. Meg and Mog board book. Meg's cauldron. Meg's fancy dress. Meg's treasure. Mog in charge. And then there's Oh, there's div- there was a television series. There's DVDs with some extra stories. Meg at the Circus, Meg's Tent, Meg's Cake, Meg at Sea, Meg and the Viking, Meg and the Cowboy. Um, Oh, gosh, it's just wonderful. And also, there was a stage show in which a wonderful actor called Maureen Lipman played Meg. And also, as I did say to Sarah, I saw the stage show, but I didn't see the big production. I saw it in Bristol when the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School performed uh, their version of it. And when the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School used to do their plays, there would be two casts. And I like to look back at those programmes now because now I've seen actually some quite famous people. I saw Olivia Colman in a play at the Redgrave Theatre in Bristol in a Noel Coward play called Peace In Our Time. But when I went to see Megan Mogg, I've recently looked at the programme and a lady called Helen Baxendale played Meg at one of the performances, and Helen Baxendale was also... Well, she's a very well-known actress, and she became well-known for being an English person in Friends. Friends is a very American sitcom, and everybody was like, oh there's going to be an English person in it. Uh, she wasn't in it for long, but she was in it, and that's the main thing. And I saw her maybe play Meg, or I saw the other person play Meg, whose name I can't remember because she's not been in Friends. So, go and look up Meg and Mog by Helen Nicol and... Jan Piankowski. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Um, they're not all by Helen Nicol, I think. Uh, there's some other writers as well. But these are really, really wonderful books. So go and take a look. Now, I realise I should have said, if you can hear noises in the background, that's because my windows are open. Because it is really hot. I hope that everybody is appreciating the hot weather whilst we are all stuck inside. But it's nice to know that the sun can shine sometimes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That was another story time with Mamaji. G. I hope you can join me same time, same place next week when I will be interviewing Jessica Love, who is the author and illustrator of the beautiful book Julian is a Mermaid. And don't forget you can join me every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook. Just search for at Mamma G Stories, where I am going live at 6 p.m. every, well, Wednesday and Sunday, telling stories doing activities generally being silly. It would be lovely if you could join me. I've got some really, 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 really exciting stories coming up, including maybe one by Jessica Love. Um, So keep an eye on my Facebook pages for that. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you can go to at G Stories. And also, I'm really populating my YouTube channel at the moment. So do look for the Mamaji Stories on there and subscribe to my channel. I'm putting up loads of stories and activities and fun stuff. Um, and also, on May the 3rd at 11am, on May the 3rd even, at 11am, I will be taking part in Online Pride. I will be telling stories. And let me just work out. I should have planned this earlier. Let me just work out how you can find that. You just need to go to. On on Facebook just search for Online Pride 20. uh, And you can get more details. And I will be taking part on May the 3rd. At 11am. And then on May the 23rd. I will also be taking part in virtual Pride, reading some stories from Anderson Press, which I'm very excited about. Now, one of... Uh, I'm doing a poem. If you listen to the podcast a few weeks ago, I did a poem about families. I'm filming that poem for these Prides. And what I would love to do is include as many pictures of all the wonderful, diverse families that listen to the podcast and support my work. So if you would like to send me a picture of you and your family... Um, Get in contact through Facebook or Instagram. You can share it with me in the DMs or you can email it to info at petitepantos.com. See you soon. Bye! It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. It's story time. It's story time with Mama